This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. Oh man, how long do we plan on talking? I got like uh, seven hours. Okay, seven hour special. I'm down. Seven hour special? That sounds like a sex, uh, sex sexual favor. The seven hour special. That's way too long. That's what she said. Ha ha! I'm Cody Goff. And I'm not. It's too formal. I'm Cody. I'm Jonathan. And this is... Unqualified. You see what I... See what you said? You just tried to say a sentence like a loser, and I made it awesome. Yeah, you did. I can't uh, can't deny your awesomeness. Right? So, so there's that. We haven't recorded uh, a podcast in like two months. It's Be- been far too long. Well, we're cursed. Uh, we're not really cursed. We only we only got together and tried, I think, once other than this. Well, so uh, I can't really call that a curse. Now that being said, you did you did cause a power surge in your apartment and then destroyed your modem. So that's I kind did of not impressive. cause that power surge. Four caused that power surge. So that's kind of impressive, though, that you managed to destroy your modem on the night we were going to record. Thank you. So, listeners, here's what happened. So, about a, a little over a month ago, John and I are recording. We were doing an E3 wrap up. Yeah, I think we were talking. We had been talking for about 15 minutes. I think it was 10 or it was between a 10 and 15 minutes, and then. In my infinite wisdom, I knocked over a pint of water. Your computer said it was thirsty. It was parched, absolutely parched. And I dumped an entire pint of water all over my keyboard, thus destroying my laptop. And appar- apparently you're not supposed to put that much water in the computer, uh, but nobody told us that. Uh, so. Quick quick tip, if you dump a, a beverage all over your laptop, the first thing you do is disconnect the power source. I did not do that. I believe... I specifically just stared at it for a few minutes until it shut off. And then... And I imagine that dumbfounded stare did absolutely nothing to repair your computer. You know what? I, th- I thought you were supposed to flip the whole thing over. Like, so the water... You you didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. It was... No. I was pretty worthless. Um, so, that happened. So, we obviously had to stop recording. Well, then, fast forward to now... I get home. I left work early today to record, by the way. So I hustle out of work. I leave early. There were a couple things I had to do, and I'm like, well, well, whatever. I'll put it off till tomorrow to get home. Rush home. Get set up. I'm good to go. John's like, all right, cool. I'm happy. And for some reason, my so I have my old laptop that I'm using now. My old laptop hooks up to my router, but not my modem. And I'm like, all right, well, it says I have no internet connection. That's weird. Come to find out that I had a, an electrical power outage because I don't know what other kind of power I would have. I had a coal power outage when I left for work at some point. You have to stoke those coal fires, and you, I don't think you did that before you left. Why would I stroke a coal fire? That's yeah, not the word I said. I think it is. So I came home and I was uh, stroking my electricity. Apparently, the power outage caused a surge that shorted out my modem. I'm not making this up. Which is impressive. Like, you only hear about that uh, when you're 12 years old and your dad says, get off the computer because it's thunderstorming. 
and there's going to be a power surge and it's going to fry the electricity. Like, that's the only time you ever hear about that, and it never actually happens. You just get told... I think it's just an excuse to get off the computer, right? Uh, but no, this actually happened to you. There was some sort of power surge, and it really did break something of yours. Yeah, the customer service rep at RCN said that he'd been working there for a little under a year, and he's never heard of this happening before. Well, so, he's truly a seasoned vet at, a year, at, at just under a year. I mean, he's really seen it all. Well... I'm sure. I'm guessing he takes a lot of phone calls every day. Unless he's on the phone with people like my mom, who like to really talk for like an hour or an hour and a half. I don't necessarily have like a real problem. Correct. Well, my mom usually would tech support stuff, you know, but uh, yeah, so that happened. So, but fortunately, my upstairs neighbor was kind enough to lend me her Wi-Fi router password, whatever. We'll see how long that lasts. But at least in this instance, if I get disconnected, I can probably save my progress and we can just continue later, as opposed to it all being completely and utterly destroyed. And, you know, we were, like like you had said, we were recording an E3 podcast. I don't know if we're too far out now to really talk about that. I mean, maybe we can kind of briefly briefly touch on the subject. But the reason why we were talking about it really at all, well, one, we're, we are a video game podcast, but two, you actually, for the first time in either of our lives, got a chance to attend E3. Yeah, I lucked out. Uh, as you may know, I work part-time at WGN Radio, and my boss got me a press pass, which was fantastic, and I did, like, a, a three-minute bit on WGN. It was not substantial, but I did do a little mini recap on the show, but I took more comprehensive notes for an audience that I thought would be more interested in some of the nitty-gritty details of E3, i.e. you, listener, so you're welcome. Um, it was really fun. It, it didn't, it's, it's not insanely different than any other convention you'll go to. You know, a lot of people that are really enthusiastic about stuff checking it out, basically. Yeah, and I mean, I, I assume you get the cosplayers there and uh, kind of just the general fanboyism, right? I mean, that's kind of apparent all over there? Well, just, like a, just like a normal convention? There was some of that. I don't think I saw any... Co- uh, you see, I see a lot of girls with the, some furry, you know, stuff like furry hats and little tails occasionally, but I don't think I saw a lot of full cosplays. It probably has something to do with the fact that this is a, this is a convention uh, more geared towards the press um, and like the... It's... It, that more, it's more for the press. It yeah, really it's, is. It's really, it's really an industry event. Um, you get, you get preferred admission if you're press or in the video game industry. And for regular, like us, true professionals, right? Of course. Um, but for the general consumer, they they do open it to select members of the public. I don't know what that means, but the price is exorbitant. It's something like a thousand dollars to go to all three days that Shut are open. Shut the. F- up is it really that expensive no i'm dead serious uh i know it was at least 700 i think it was closer to a thousand and that's just for the last three days that's tuesday wednesday thursday and that's not even the good stuff then right monday is when the big microsoft presser and the big sony presser and all that stuff happens when they announce stuff and the rest is just kind of exhibiting and checking everything out so yeah i had i had no idea that it was that expensive for your average Joe to go. Oh yeah, it's it's insane. And and anybody named not Joe. Well, though I don't know. Maybe they charge more for people named Joe. I I didn't look into that because I'm not named Joe. 
that's a shit ton of money though i really did have no idea that blows me away and then and obviously there are people paying it and who gets the money i mean it's got to be the the convention hall then that gets the money i guess you know i really i don't know i don't know any or of that. just e3 as an or as a an event yeah and i'm sure that they i'm sure that they have their own uh, corporate event planner type stuff yeah um i would say the number one thing that i saw is cameras everywhere I mean, because you got you got every think about it like game trailers. They have a host or two walking around, and they've got a camera guy and sometimes a sound guy also with them. So it was almost every other person had a guy following them carrying a tripod and a camera. And I even saw some like homebrew uh, podcasters and video guys. You know, like there was a guy younger than me, younger than us. He could have been twenty three or twenty four. Uh, I got news for you. There's a lot of people that play video games that are younger than us. <laughs> I know, but uh, but he must have a blog or work for some website or something. And he had the camera set up, like shot himself, turned it so he could see himself, and he just talked like a podcast, basically. Um, a lot of international folks. I was hearing people on camera in German, in Japanese. Uh, you know, I met a couple British dudes. Uh, and, that, and that makes sense because, I mean, you you know, the video games are certainly not an American-only thing. That is that is definitely where the majority of video game players exist now. Um, obviously, it never used to be that way. It used to always be Japan first. Yeah. But now, you know, the majority of people playing video games are in America. But there's such a huge foreign market and different various areas of the of the world that it makes sense that in an event where you get exclusive uh announcements that will be made for the first time here and nowhere else that you're going to have people from as you know from as cosmopolitan as places all over the place coming here for these announcements yeah yeah it was uh which is cool i mean that's that's probably pretty cool yes it was it was very diverse. I actually met a gentleman while standing in line waiting to demo the Xbox One. I met a dude who is from Russia, but now lives in Canada and works for Activision. Uh, and he does data analytics for the Call of Duty series, huh. which was really interesting to me. Uh, he talked to me, and I, so I guess he's he's an analytics guy. He he was like, I don't really play video games. I'm not a big gamer, but of course I have to come to this. But he, you know, some guy in his late 30s, early 40s, and he analyzes the data, all the data from all multiplayer games in Call of Duty, and aggregates it to find out what the most popular weapons are. Wow! How people play, what the most popular maps are, like KD that ratios. Sounds, that sounds like a quick way to uh, completely destroy your love of a hobby. <laughs> you think so? Yep. Well, good thing he's not into video games. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I guess he just loves numbers. I thought it was really interesting because it I didn't, is. No. I didn't, it, yeah, I didn't realize that position existed, and he said he he. Dude, I, I, Val, Val, Valve hired hired like three economists for like for their company. What? Yeah, like legitimate just economists. So, uh, I mean, there there are some of these companies that are hiring for stuff that nobody even knows, like why they're hiring those positions. Uh, so there's crazier shit out there than, dude, what analyzes data 
it seems like that would be actually a pretty common position for some companies. Well, he analyzes the data to make, um, because I said, I was like, so based on that data, do you, do you guys make changes in later games? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, so like if no one's using the clob, you might remove it from the next game. Although we all know everyone uses the clob. Double clob. Nothing, nothing moves the clob. Um, he said we wouldn't necessarily remove it, but we would tweak it so that it's more or less effective in the next game or in patches. So there's like a direct consequence to the position. And he, he mentioned, he remembered... What should, what should really blow your mind is, is this dude the one dude that does that? And if that's so, like, obviously he's not the one making the changes, but he's presenting the data that those changes are then uh, are then created upon or yeah. from. So what if dude messes up? Or what if dude wants to f*** with people? How cool would that be? <laughs> If like he's if like you know he you know like this is everybody's favorite gun and he goes up and he's like yeah people aren't really digging this one um, I think we should just take it out you know it'd be awesome I'd be that guy yeah yeah well I I think uh, actually uh, what was the name of the company I believe Tecmo hired that person to do analytics for the Ninja Gaiden series and that's where they came up with Ninja Gaiden three oh that was everybody's favorite one yeah. Oh boy. One of two games I've ever actually brought back and sold back to GameStop within a week of getting it. Which is impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. So, so uh, again, just because, you know, E3 was so, so long ago and all, all of the stuff, there was stuff announced and then changed, uh, backpedaled on. I'm sure everybody knows all about the, that news. What were some of, like, your main highlights of the show? Well, it's... Other than talking statistics with some guy, which sounds really boring. Oh, super interesting. Um, so I actually... I had a voice recorder with me. And I walked around. Whenever I demoed a game, I recorded a couple of minutes of impressions. And then just did that throughout the convention. Then last month, in preparation for our E3 recap podcast, I opened a Word document on my computer. And I kind of typed up some quick notes with a few pages. And initially, I was going to do, like, an E3 bonanza, like, let's talk about everything I demoed. Then I realized there were, like, 20 things I, I tried, whether video games or controllers. It wasn't all games. And I was like, well, let's just sprinkle this over the next several podcasts so that it stays interesting. And we can just, you know, do that over time. And that document is on my other computer, which is underwater and dead. So I think the file is backed up online somewhere because I did my hard drive is backed up online somewhere. But um, but for now I I won't go super in depth into anything. But I think the number one thing I do remember and that I think our listener will be really interested in is the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One controllers. Be okay. Because you hear you, everybody knows the specs and the exclusives and blah blah blah. But how are the controllers? And I haven't seen that much press about how they actually feel yet. So um, I will say I think the Xbox One controller is a step back, and the PlayStation Four controller is a leap forward. As in a step back from the current. Controller? Step back from the current controller. That's interesting. It is interesting. So, obviously, the D-pad is better. It's the first thing I touched. I'm sure it's the first thing everybody touched. The D-pad is better on the Xbox One. And um, Yeah, but it's really hard to get worse 
I mean, they could have pretty much done anything, and it would have been a better D pad. <laughs> exactly. Than what was on the that was what was on the three sixty. Exactly. So uh, the D pad is obviously better. Okay, fantastic, great. Analog sticks are fine. Okay, fantastic, great. How often do you really use the D pad, though? I guess I'm not a fighting game player, which, I, from what I understand, that's a big. That is what you do in fighting games: is use the D pad, but. Um, like what else like where else are, are people using the d-pad anymore see i like the d-pad for side scrollers like braid really i i don't like playing side scrollers with a joystick interesting okay yeah do you not mind that no not at all i i i've never liked playing side scrollers with a with a joystick yeah well whatever i mean i guess probably because that's what you grew up with right i guess i don't know um Any, anyway so the 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 one the Xbox One controller then yeah You're so talking, you know, yeah so so I demoed Rise Son of Rome, uh, which and, and Rise is not spelled correctly. It did is, that bug you? Did that bug you? Uh, no, not so much. It should. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, that's your problem, not mine. Uh, Rise Son of Rome with a Y S E. Um, best graphics I've ever seen on a console. Obviously, I mean, good lord, it, it looked like a cutscene from. I don't even know if there are games with cutscenes that look as good as the in-game action in this game. Wow. I mean, have you seen the footage? Uh, yeah, I have. But, you know, videos of something can only do it so much justice compared to what you would see live. That's true. It was it was stupid good looking. I mean, they, they really, really did a good job of, of showcasing the capabilities of the console graphically. Um, the tr- here's my beef. The triggers have been raised so that they are on the same plane as the bumpers. So think of, so think about that. Like you've got your fingers. Let's say you got your index finger on the bumper. Oh, so they're higher. They're higher. And I didn't oh. like it. That's kind of that's kind of interesting. Okay. Because it, I mean, grab a grab an Xbox 360 controller and rest your index finger on the bumper. It's, I don't it's, want to. It, right, me neither. Well, it, it's not a stretch, but it's different. Like, you don't just rest it there. You rest it on the trigger, which is lower. Your hand, your your finger isn't as stretched. It's not stretched as far. I, this is, this is. It sounds like I'm splitting hairs, but you got to get. No, your hand it's on. really well. It's really interesting that they would make that kind of. To be honest, it's interesting to me that they would make that kind of change because I think that the bumpers and triggers were something that everybody. Uh, pretty unanimously said they nailed on the 360 controller. I mean, they're the most comfortable triggers between the two systems by far. Like, by far. I wouldn't have changed anything. And I agree. I think they're gearing it towards pro gamers a little bit. Because if you take away that quarter of an inch or that half inch between the bumper and the trigger in terms of uh, altitude, in terms of how high up it is you can switch more quickly. Well, that's, we are certainly not pro gamers. Well, you, ni- neither you nor I are pro gamers. But We're not they, even qualified to talk about video games. No, we certainly are not. Um, but they, they raised the, um, the trigger, and, and it wasn't uncomfortable, but it, you could tell there was a difference. And I think if you're sitting down for – I mean, I played a 10- or 15-minute demo. I think if you're sitting down for a half hour, 45 minutes, two to three hours – it might make a difference. I don't know. So we'll so, see. So what about did you did you get a chance to check out the rumble triggers? You know, everybody said it. so supposedly there's force feedback like in every button individually or something. 
I don't know about all that. And I don't know what. Yeah, I just I just heard that the that the triggers rumbled. No, I don't know. The rumble felt the same to me as it always does. But it could have been the game. I don't know. It could have been the game. So, um, Rise Son of Rome, I thought was really hard. Uh, It was it was hard as shit. I died like three times in the demo. Uh, (laughs) So it just kept saying like, "Oh, you would have died here," and then you keep playing, which is nice. What what kind of game is it? Um, it's uh, it's like a third person action game. You know, you fight with swords and stuff, but it's. It's so, you're a, so like God of War style. No, but you're like um you're a a mortal human, so it's not like you're not doing crazy. Shit. You got a sword and a shield. You basically had like slash and block. Okay, and, but you also could command your legion. So like there was a part of the demo where uh, you're you're storming a castle or some kind of fortress, and they unleash a bunch of arrows on you, and you have to hold one of the triggers down, and your whole um your whole flank locks their shields like Roman style and you can hear the arrows and you can feel the really heavy rumble really heavy rumble feedback uh, you know the arrows hitting your shields and then you you release that and then you fire with your archers and then whenever they start to shoot back at you you go, you go back into that Roman uh, you know phalanx phalanx position that is that actually sounds really cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it was pretty cool. It, it, like I said, it didn't like super blow me away because it was just a demo and you don't have like superpowers or anything. But uh, I'm thinking like gritty, realistic combat, mostly melee. Um, but there's some Legion stuff worked in there that's kind of cool. Okay, so, so that was the that was the ex and and anything else about the controller specifically since that's what you were yeah, kind of focusing on. Not really. Um, there's no starter select button. There's just like the middle button. I don't. I don't think there was a start. No, there was a start and select in the Xbox 360. Yeah, there controller. was. Yeah, there was. It was starting back. Yeah, and actually, um, the instead of an Xbox button, it's just a big panel in the middle of the controller. So you have to press, like, the panel that's, like, the top third in the center of the controller, kind of. Huh. Yeah, which okay. which was fine. Um, I don't know. I mean, overall, it's okay. But like I said, those triggers, man, I don't know. I I really did like the 360s triggers. No, I, and that's what I was saying. I don't know why you would cheat. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it, right? I mean, yeah. don't – that was that was really the best part about that controller, I think. Yeah. And that and the and – the, the, actually, that, the whole controller was great. The 360 controller is just – one of the best controllers I have ever used. Uh, I really wouldn't have changed much about it at all, to be honest. Well, yeah, it's what I use for PC gaming. Right, exactly. You know. Now, conversely, the PS3 controller... Yeah, that had room for improvement, and as you and the listener knows, I f***ing hate the PlayStation 3 controller. You do. That is certainly not one of your favorite things about that console. No, I cannot stand it. Uh, they don't have handles, they have little stubs, and it's stupid. Uh, PlayStation 4 controller may be the new most comfortable controller I've ever used. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I loved it. I loved it. It felt like... Was it, it still super light? Because that's one of the, the things that I really noticed about the PS3 controller, right? Is that, especially when you compare it to, an, to a 360 controller, the, the PS3 controller is so much lighter. It almost feels like a toy or something. Yeah, it feels hollow. Yes, it does. It feels like it's just the plastic and that's it. Right. Um, 
I'm glad you asked because that is something I specifically noticed is that this one is more hefty. Okay. And there's more weight to it, so it feels more like a PlayStation 2 controller or maybe like an N64 controller. Which I know you think is a stupid controller, but I still like the N64 controller. That was a dumb controller. Whatever, whatever. But the PS4 controller, I mean, it's just got handles. All they really did was add handles, um, and I liked the the triggers. I will say that the joystick is a... I think the joystick was a little more sensitive. Because I remember I was struck by a couple different things at the convention being a little geared towards pro gaming. Like I demoed a a third-party controller specifically for pro gaming, and it was a very, very sensitive joystick. Uh, You know, thumbsticks. Um, So I I think the thumbsticks were more sensitive, not in a bad way, but just in a, a little bit more geared towards maybe gamers who are more sensitive about their movement in games, like pro gamers. Did they fix the uh, con vex joysticks? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, they felt Because great. that was, that that honestly, and I like the PlayStation 3 controller, but that is one of the stupidest design choices I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Especially because if you're, if you're tilting it one way for a long period of time, you your thumb will slip off. Yeah, absolutely. Which is dumb. Very dumb. Um, right. Yeah, they fixed that. The the, the analog sticks felt fantastic. Um, I played a game that's kind of like it reminded me of Borderlands Two, but a little bit more realistic. I don't even remember the name of it. It felt very generic to me, and and to be totally honest, the graphics were not impressive to me. Um, some guy watching me play thought that the the movement, the blurs when you move, like when you turn left or right quickly, were were more smooth and there was less slowdown. Um, I didn't notice that as much. Uh, had I played that after playing The Last of Us, maybe I would have noticed more because if you turn quickly in The Last of Us, I feel there's there's a bit of lag. Um, but uh, yeah, this game did not graphically impress me. It looked like a PS3 game to me. So Sony didn't really push the envelope, and actually, almost well, with that one with that one game. But the thing, it, what it what interested me is almost every game Sony had playable for the PS4 was either cel shaded or very cartoony. They didn't do anything to push the idea of really advanced graphics. Well, we can talk about we can talk about the reason why that could be in a bit, but I mean. Sony's big, big push was towards indie developers, and so you might have been seeing a lot of a lot more of the smaller studio games uh, that you were looking at. Yeah, and whereas whereas uh, Microsoft didn't, I mean Microsoft didn't change any policies regarding their indie development, and by all accounts, it's it's very it's very difficult to work with them mm-hmm. as an independent developer. Yeah, I've heard that they're not very friendly. So that could be what you were seeing, is you might have just been seeing some smaller studio games. You 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 know, um, did you do did you do any of the demos on things like uh, Infamous Second Son, or uh, take a look at the Order, or uh, take a look at maybe like Destiny on the PS4, anything like that? No, because those are some of like the big AAA, big budget games that I know like Destiny isn't an, isn't an exclusive. But you could have seen that on PS4, and I think maybe that would have given you uh, maybe a better idea of the real kind of graphical power yeah. of that game. Because because Rise was specifically meant to be a graphical piece for the Xbox One. Right. Um, I don't know if the, were those games demoable at E3. Do you know? Yeah, I think so. Okay. 
Pretty sure. I mean, when I was looking around the PS4 area, all I remember was I want to play the most graphically impressive game here, and it was that first-person shooter, which turned out to be a little disappointing. So they may have had videos or something, but I don't recall seeing anything that, you know, standing over somebody's shoulder looked graphically impressive at all. That said, it's it's. I mean, the console's hardware is just as powerful as Xbox One. I'm not concerned. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like, oh, PS4 is not going to look as good. You know, like I get it. It just it just kind of was interesting to me that they wouldn't have any crazy AAA like, oh, look at these graphics games like Rise, Son of Rome. But whatever. Yeah, and maybe those demos were like behind closed doors demos, which there's a lot of that that goes on at E3 as well. Yeah, and I couldn't get into any of those. Um, you can like make appointments as the press, and I, I could have like pushed it more, but I I just didn't care. I mean, everything I I wanted to see and needed to see was on the show floor, and you know, that's kind of it. Uh, but overall, yeah, PlayStation Four controller very very comfortable. Uh, in the first person shooter, I actually utilized the touchpad a little bit as well that everybody's talking about. Uh huh. Uh, you know, the, on the center of the controller. So um, to use to utilize certain abilities, like I had like like Bioshock style, like you can throw a fireball or use electricity or whatever. You would swipe up, swipe down, swipe left or swipe right on the touchpad. Um, stroke stroke your gun. Yeah, cause you really, because you really like it. Oh yeah, um, you like you like your, you like your gun a lot. I like my gun a lot. It's a big gun, double barrel. Big gun, big shots out of that gun. That you could just rub, rub all over. What a sack! That's not. That's not a gun. Why are you anymore? rubbing it it's all not over? A, it's not a, it's not what a if gun there's anymore? a sack gun? It's not. There's got to be a sack gun in Little Big Planet. Something like. <laughs> <laughs> I got G, you. G-rated G game. Everyone. E for everyone. Big ball sack. Um. So <laughs> I never said ball sack. Those were your words, not mine. But. Uh, yeah, the touchpad was very responsive, and that's all I really have to say about it. It's it's gimmicky. It's like the Wii remote. Like, what's the difference between swiping up and pressing a button? I don't know. But this was the thing that we were talking about, is, like, if you can have it, at least this is my opinion, if you can have it on there, and it doesn't detract from anything, why not just put it on there? Because at some point, some developer is going to find a cool way to implement that. Whereas, if it's not on there at all, there will never be that opportunity. True. Like, so so why not have it on there? That's why, like, having the Wii U have its own little second screen, even if 90% of, of games don't use it, 95% of games don't use it, there's going to be a small percentage of games that use it in a possibly really cool way, and it doesn't hurt anything to have that screen there. True. So why not? I'm not complaining right? about it. I'm just saying. Stop complaining. All you do is complain. Look, all, That's I'm, all, I hear. all I'm saying. Bitch, bitch, bitch. All I'm saying is that having the touchpad on the PS4 controller is the stupidest decision anyone has ever made, and it ruined E3 for me, and in fact, possibly video games as a whole. That's That's what I heard. That is what I heard. Yeah. I thought so. So, um, what I'll do is. After this episode, I will find my notes, because I know they're in my online drive backup of my hard drive. I'll get those notes, and I'll, I'll smatter some uh, little mini-reviews of some other games I played uh, in the future. I, I can't go into detail about them now, because, again, I don't have my notes, but I played Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, 
uh, DuckTales Remastered, which I can talk about that, actually, if you want to. Um, DuckTales Remastered, Ninja Gaiden Z, which is the zombie, like, the campy zombie cell-shaded take on Ninja Gaiden. I bet that's really cool. It was pretty cool. Um, uh, What else did I play? I played a bunch of Wii games. I played New Super Mario World Wii or whatever they're calling it. Uh, I played Mario Kart 8. Which uh, which graphically looks really good. It looks a lot better than the last couple Mario Kart games. And they're doing some really cool things with that. I'm actually kind of excited about Mario Kart 8. I played uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD, which is gorgeous and I am buying the hell out of when I get a Wii U. Uh-huh. I played uh, The Wonderful 101. Have you heard? Oh, is that playable there? Yeah, it was playable. I've heard, I've heard it's really cool. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll have to get my notes. It, it's uh, it's it's challenging. Um, it reminded me of a Capcom game, really. Okay. Um, so there was that uh, demoed Final Fantasy thirteen Lightning Returns because of course I did. Okay. Point is, is <laughs> you saw a lot of games. Saw a lot of you games. You took some. You took some notes. And by the time that we get to talk about all of these games, at least a little in detail, all of them would have co- will have come out by the all of them right? will so have that, come I mean, out. Yeah, pretty much. That's the idea, anyway. Excellent. One quick question, but I do want to hear, so you can talk about DuckTales, because that, <laughs> that is a game that does interest me. And, <laughs> oh, my God. And be, because the original was amazing. original is so amazing. Stick to the original. Oh, no. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst crock of shit I've ever seen a game maker. Really? It's free to play, isn't it? And it's 99 cents per life. <laughs> It's so bad, John. It's so bad. So how does that happen? Because it's isn't it the same company? It's Capcom, right? It's Capcom. No, they wrecked it. Do not get Ducktales. If you if you, all right, if you love Ducktales, like I'm I'm talking like like you would take that Ducktales movie where they get the genie and you would like literally have sex with the VHS tape, like that kind of love. Like if you like. Have, I was with you until we started talking about having sex with it. Right, no, because I loved, I loved that movie. That movie's so amazing. Oh my god, I love that movie. Um, I mean, if you have wet dreams about Huey, Dewey, and Louie, like if if the idea of having a money pit like gets you wet, then maybe think about this game. But if if you played the original and you loved the original, don't touch the remake. So what happened here? Pacing. Like what... One word: pacing. And here's why. Um... I played the Amazon Rainforest level, and it was fantastic. So so you could demo one of two levels, Amazon Rainforest or Transylvania. They added a dim lighting element to Transylvania, so, like, there's only the lantern around Scrooge, and you can't see the whole screen. Okay. Which a lot of games do, fine, whatever. I didn't want to deal with it, because I'm just like, that's stupid, and I have to think too hard. I'll just play the Amazon, because I, I, there's always the first level I played in that game, so I know it, it's easy, whatever. Cool. So I picked the Amazon. All right, Scrooge lands. A little dialogue box pops in the bottom. He's like, Launchpad, uh, bless me bagpipes. I'm in the Amazon. What are you doing? I don't know. I think I turned Indian there at the end. And then then Launchpad, who apparently is voiced by some idiot from Brooklyn. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I do. I don't remember that. And I hated his voice. And I was like, how did I ever like this guy? 
He's like, oh yeah, Mr. McD, I'm not sure what to do. Wow, I'm British now, so I can't do accents clearly right now. But but he's Brooklyn. <laughs> You're Bro- that was the worst accent ever, but that was great. I think you should keep trying, Mr. McD. What you gonna do? And uh, <laughs> what am I doing? So. So the di- sort of mental problem. Yeah, I know. So the dialogue appears. He says that. Well, actually, Launchpad Launchpad may have had brain damage. Let's be honest. <laughs> he so, did. so actually, actually, it's a fitting. It's it's, it's true. a fitting. Yeah. So Scrooge, okay, so Scrooge so, is like, well, have the helicopter ready, a Launchpad. I've got to get the the diamonds out of here. And uh, and Launchpad is just like, well, Mr. McDee, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but um, might crash, whoa! And he's like... If the, vo- if the voices were actually like this, uh, this game may be the best game ever made. <laughs> it's, they should just ask you to voice these, uh, these characters oh, next time. So fast forward, not exaggerating, 35 to 60 seconds. Of dialogue? Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's over. Okay, fantastic, cool. So start playing the level, right? Cool, like, you know, hop on the first couple bad guys. It's cool. Open up a treasure chest, you know, smash the treasure chest with my cane. The controls are fine. It's whatever. Smash the treasure chest with my cane because that's what you do. Well, instead of a diamond, a, a, a medallion pops out, right? A medallion pops out. I grab it. Stop everything. Scrooge stands still. Launchpad. I've discovered a coin. It could be part of a mystery later. Well, okay, Mr. McD, what's it look like? Oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward 45 seconds to 60 seconds later. And the dialogue is done, and I keep going. Uh, okay, I, like, hop forward a little bit, smash a couple brocks, grab another medallion, another cutscene. And, John, we're talking two to three screen widths between these scenes. Between these cutscenes? Yes. That sounds horrendous. <laughs> It's not a big, long game that can afford this. When you're talking about like a platformer, like you don't really want a lot of breaks in the action. Yeah, I think when you're talking about like a side-scrolling platformer, right? Yeah, I mean, that's if if they had, and I will give them this: the dialogue is snappy. It made me laugh a couple times, actually, out loud. Um, it's you know very true to the. Well, fan I size. mean, when you said it, it made me laugh too. <laughs> so that was probably uh, for different yeah, reasons. I, Way punchy, but um, the uh, you know the the voice acting is great. It is well written. It's funny. It's it's the perfect tone for Ducktales. Um, they did a great job with that. If they had Scrooge's mouth move or him pull out a walkie-talkie when he's talking to Launchpad, that would be nice. But it just shows him standing there leaning on his cane. So I'm like, okay. If you could move around even and continue the dialogue while continuing to play the game that would be nice but no you just stop everything and uh so i played through the first half of the level or so and then i get to this monument they just like cut out you know not cut out but halfway into the level they add them this this pillar and you have to attach all the medallions to it that you've collected in the level in order to continue on the path okay okay great so they added that well i couldn't find the last medallion and I re-scoured through the whole level and couldn't find the medallion, so I just stopped playing the demo. Because in maybe eight minutes of playtime, I watched five minutes of cutscenes and then couldn't find the last medallion. In this, Would that have been the end of the level? Do you have any sense for that? 
Uh, no, it was like it was about halfway through the level. I mean, I I've got the levels in Ducktales memorized because I played the hell out of that game. Sure. And uh, yeah, it just. I mean, yeah, maybe I could have grabbed it, continued to the level, whatever. But man, the pacing. Just, I'm sorry. Like I said, if you've never played the game before, you want you love Ducktales. You want a pretty fun platformer with a little pacing issue. Go ahead and get the game. But for you and me, we don't want this. Like, okay. I can tell you that right now. You want to play DuckTales, go play DuckTales on the NES where you can just plow through the levels. And I also thought the hit detection was a little tricky. I'm, I've never been a huge fan of when pixelated games go to 3D. Like, um, with Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, I played the... Yeah, I never actually played the the remake of that. Oh, yeah, I played the demo, and I hated it. It was atrocious because the hit detection is just so, like whacked off and it you know when you've got a pixelated game a lot of times the elements just snap together really cleanly and i feel like sometimes that gets lost in transition to 3d yeah i don't know like i said i never actually played the the remake of that one so i can't really speak to yeah. it obviously i love turtles in time that game was freaking amazing oh, yeah yeah so i don't know that's my verdict on ducktales is don't buy it i i demoed it on the ps3 uh you know it was whatever i'm not gonna buy it Right on. The last question I have for for uh, just E3 for this particular episode of this podcast is, did you get to check out the Oculus Rift? What is the Oculus Rift? You didn't check it out then. That's fine. Um, it is a... It's a, it's a thing that's buzzing around uh, the video game industry right now as kind of like a small independent thing, and it's basically... A th- it's basically a 3D visor, like a Virtual Boy, only uh, the technology in it is much better than what virtual reality was before. What? Um, yeah, I'm talking about like the f- from the from the accounts that I've heard about it. It's it's one of like the most amazing things that people saw. Some people said it was their favorite thing that they saw. Oh, um, at the, at the whole show. So. Uh, but obviously, you didn't get a chance to see it. I, I would, I would urge you to do a little research on it uh, because it sounds incredible um, in terms of what they're doing with it. Yeah, seriously, so, I didn't even. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you, you know, you look around with your head, like you turn your head to look around, um, and your field of view changes on the screens that are in front of your eyes. Yeah, that sounds so, pretty solid. Yeah, short of having a big ass visor on your face, I think it's it's probably going to be a pretty cool thing when they nail down the technology. So, um, bummer you didn't get to see it, but eventually we will get a chance to to take a look at it. I'm sure once it like comes out. Yeah. So uh, we'll probably wrap up this episode and then go ahead and record another one after this because there's still, I mean, there's like two months of video games to talk about. But is there anything else E3 related you wanted to wrap up, or uh, you, you mentioned something about Sony's graphic capabilities being showed off? Yeah, well, there was a few. There were a few games there, uh, especially like Destiny, which they showed in the press conference as a Sony game, even though it's going to be on both systems and I think the PC. But um, it's like you said, it's pretty apparent that these systems are going to be comparable yeah. for, for graphics. So you're right. There's really nothing to worry about. It's really who can land the best developers and, and games is really what it boils down to. Yeah, I agree but with we, that. We really didn't talk about the press conferences, but it we're, we're so far removed that, you know, there was 
the big kerfuffle about the Xbox press conference and stuff that people didn't like and that they backpedaled on all of it um, like a week later. So basically everything that came out in that press conference, they did a 180 on it and it's really weird. Like it's really weird for, um, I I work for a large corporation and large corporations take forever to make decisions forever. And this company, Microsoft had, uh, had these decisions in place for a long time. Because this system has been in development for a long time. Oh, yeah. And one week after these announcements came out and just the storm of bad press that they got, they, they as a corporation, made a complete turnaround on these policies. And I, like I said, I can just tell you that short of there being some sort of new law that makes something Ill- that you had previous, previously been doing illegal, like corporations do not move that fast. They just don't. Yeah. So they must have just been getting murdered from, uh, from like pre-orders is what I'm thinking. It's just the pre- the pre-order numbers must have been horrendous, and so it it just had to have been something like that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that from a corporate perspective, but that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and no, like I said, I work for a big corporation, and it takes forever to get anything done. I mean, it it which is probably probably good in the long run because you don't want to shoot from the hip when you're dealing with thousands of stores which is what I'm at you know in in my industry um but yeah there's so many people affected and so many so much money that you have wrapped up in this stuff affected when you make those decisions that you you never want to shoot from the hip at those decisions and they kind of had to yeah, I mean, you talk about big corporation. I work for an agency, and some of our clients are on the smaller end, and it sometimes takes me a week to get a Facebook post approved. I mean, it's not it's not just big, but yeah, the bigger they are, the more bureaucratic they probably are. So that is pretty crazy <laughs> yeah. when you think about it. And- but and I, I know we missed the opportunity to like talk about it right after, and it's it's a bit old news now. But what is current news is let's talk about the fallout from that because I remember after Microsoft's presser when they announced this whole downloadable, you know, their whole online always online policy. It it's all I saw from gaming blogs and gaming websites and Facebook posts and pages and stuff like that. Then they made the big, you know, the big 180, obviously, and then I haven't heard anything. Like, the, where is the buzz about PS4 and Xbox One? Maybe I'm not looking at the right websites. I'm not reading, but but even like Kotaku and stuff like that, it, it seems like no one's talking about the console war anymore. Well, it's probably because there were these large differences then, and so there were things to talk about. But now there's really no difference between the two systems. They're both going to operate the same way in terms of system and DRM. Um, I mean, they both have a streaming service. One's going to be using Ustream, one's using Twitch. Um, the, the Xbox has those weird overlay things in a Connect that's always going to be watching you. Um, but, for, I mean, for the most part, the systems are, are comparable now. Um, and so that's probably why, you haven't, why we haven't heard much, is because there's just not, there's not a lot to talk about right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Although, <laughs> you, did, uh, you did skip out on one other similarity these consoles now both have, which I would love to hear your opinion on, is that now you have to pay for PlayStation Plus. Yeah, so the thing about PlayStation Plus, and I know I've talked about this before, is 
I was never a subscriber to PlayStation Plus, but PlayStation Plus made a really good argument to me to why I should subscribe to it by giving free games every month that you could download and then you, even after they went off of this promotional free game time, if you had downloaded it, you could still play it. Yeah. So, like, to me, PlayStation Plus had made a really good case as to why you would want it. Like, it sucks to me that you don't have that you that you have to pay now to play on PlayStation. Like that does suck, um, and it better fucking be good. Like they better make it work as well or better than Xbox Live because Xbox Live has it nailed down. And while I don't think you should have to, well, I don't personally think you should have to pay to play games with other people. Xbox Live does it so well that I can see why people do pay Microsoft to play games online with other people. So PlayStation better bring it in terms of their online infrastructure. Like, they better make it easy. They better, like, implement a party system like Xbox does. Um, because otherwise, people are gonna... People, it's gonna be a clear decision as to which one you want in terms of an online gaming perspective. So, so like, Sony needs to make up lost ground that they have right now. Um, which I think they were doing pretty well with PlayStation Plus. But PlayStation Plus didn't change any of like the fundamental architecture of playing games with other people. Um, there, like, there was no party system, which is one of the easiest things to do on Xbox. I think that that, it's, it's, I think that, that is one of, one of the best things that they made uh, when they did Xbox the Live. The party system? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a double-edged sword. Because because you don't play a lot of games online on Xbox, right? Right. I, here's the thing. Uh, with the original Xbox, Halo, Halo 2, people went online and they were terrible human beings, right? Well, they still are. Mm, well, mm, hold on. You know, racial slurs, homophobia, everything, everything under the sun. Every swear word you could possibly imagine all the time, constantly from 10-year-olds. Okay, great. Halo 3, Halo 4 rolls around. Okay, that's a little more policed, a little better, a little better. Uh, Well, we'll go Halo 3, Halo Reach, okay? Halo 4 rolls around. Dude, no one talks anymore. At all. Like, Call of Duty, Halo, doesn't matter. I used to go on and I would, I met people, I would start parties and play the same game in a room with somebody for a few matches, like, a bunch of matches, become friends with them or whatever. No one talks anymore. And I think it's partially because of this party system. Because if I'm playing Halo and you're playing something else and, you know, our other friend's playing something else and we're in a party just chatting it up, then I'm not interacting with anybody in the game I'm playing, which essentially, to me, makes the actual game-playing experience more of a single-player experience. And I don't like that. I think this I think this generation of, 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 of Xbox users, this generation, like the last couple of years, has has taken a step back in terms of interaction, and I don't like that. Well, I think we'll probably see with these video sharing services, I think we'll probably see a new level of interaction. Maybe not um, maybe not like a in a live uh, sense of talking to one another like verbally but I think you're going to see a lot of comments and stuff like you're going to see I think you're going to see a lot of interaction 
in these in these next consoles uh, because of those streaming services. I hope so. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, it sucks. But if they uh, if they keep doing what they're doing with PlayStation Plus, I think it'll be good. I mean, Xbox Live just started to put free games with gold uh, as well. So, Wait, really? Yeah, they really did. Wait, when? A few months ago? A month ago, maybe? So I can get free games? Yeah, I want to say they've they've announced it. If you follow Major Nelson on Twitter, he's announced a few games that have gone free hmm. for Xbox Live Gold. Xbox Gold. Live Gold. Xbox Gold Live? Gold Xbox Livensteins. Gold Xbox. Wow, wow, wow. It's the box that you don't want to port your dick in. It's not that kind of box. So, listener, uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, post-E3 <laughs> uh, episode, which is far post-E3. This is really post. Uh, we'll, we'll probably have a lot of other stuff to say about E3 uh, stuff in the future. We'll see. Maybe we won't have anything to say about it because... It'll be, well. The next time we record, uh, will be after the systems have launched. Let's hope that's not the case. Uh, <laughs> well, but... no, because we're literally about to record another episode. Which, uh, watch this uh, seamless transition. We'll uh, talk about a free online multiplayer service called Steam, which you and I got to experience together for the first time just a short yeah. month ago. That's very true. You'll hear about that in the next episode, listeners. So there you go, the next episode. Uh, and we have to talk about Twitch TV in our next episode. Yeah, absolutely. So, that sounds like a great plan. So, but, uh, but listener, um, just so that you have a little heads up, um, go to Twitch TV and follow Unqualified Podcast. John has been streaming a bunch of games he's playing on Steam, uh, which is, I think, awesome. I have been in the chat section trolling him. He usually ignores it because he can't see my comments, but I'm there and I'm hilarious. It's not, and I'm trying to find a way to where I can stream and check chat at the same time. But from what I understand, what I've been doing, I've been trying to do a little research, and uh, I, I am a, I am very unqualified uh, to do any kind of of programming or networking or anything like that. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> Uh, and and Twitch, uh, some of these networky or some of these streaming programs are not like they're not f- for the layman, right? So there's a little bit of functionality in there that, or in fact, there's quite a bit of functionality in there that like I don't even know how to access and like do correctly. But one thing that I have noticed and that I have been researching and and looked at is that the chat function in Twitch is kind of busted right now. Like, there's lots of times where it doesn't load when you load the channel. Mm. So there are times where I'm playing a game, and I actually have our channel open to see if the chat is open, but I can't get chat to load. Uh, so, if there is anybody out there that's watching these these videos while I'm playing and you're chatting, don't be offended if I do not respond in some way. Uh, again, I am still trying to figure out how to get chat to work on a consistent, reliable basis. Mm. Uh, so I can respond to those chats. And that's got to be a nightmare for you. Do you even know how to use a PC? Aren't you always on your tablet? No, uh, I never turn my PC off because I don't know how to turn it back on. Yeah. So that that is where we're at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of my PC. And I will not be streaming anything anything anytime really soon. Well, uh, by the time this podcast is posted, probably. Uh, but currently, as we record, I'm, of course, I mean, my laptop was my gaming laptop. 
so bye bye Steam basically uh, temporarily. But once I get it back up and running, I will stream some stuff as well. And which which next generation console has Twitch integration? Uh, I believe that's Xbox. <sighs> I was hoping you'd say PS4. I think PS4 is using Ustream. <sighs> I was hoping you'd say Wii U actually. But I think use because if you use a PC, you can stream any of the consoles. If you use a PC in between, it's just that those consoles are going to have direct links yeah. to those companies. Yeah, and I understand. But if you were to want to stream something from your PlayStation Three, for instance, you would still have to go through your PC to do yeah, that. Yeah, I'll probably do that. So, um, listener, keep a, keep an eye out, and John and I will talk about it in more detail when we like figure things out more and blah blah blah. But we would really like. Like your feedback, give us some early impressions of what you think, uh, and early feedback to help us shape the channel. But we're super excited. It's just Twitch TV, uh, Twitch, Twitch.tv slash unqualified podcast. Uh, yeah. And keep following us at uh, videogamepodcast.tumblr.com because we like that. And reblog us for the love. Yeah, and tell people about the podcast because that's what we like. There's that. This is what we like to There's do. There's that too. Cool. It is. All right. Well, until next time, AKA like two minutes from now after I take a smoke break. Ha ha. Just kidding. Don't smoke. Um, uh, wait, did you sign off or was I in the middle of a sentence? Windy city. Windy. Ooh, I don't know why there's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs>